And I was finally like, okay, you know, the average freelancer doesn't say I'm outsourcing to like eight to 10 people. That's not, that, you know. <laughs> so I had to kind of put on my big girl pants and say, all right, you got, <laughs> you got to think a little more strategically. Welcome to Making Better, a podcast from Better Everyday Studios, where we dive into the science and art of making individuals, teams, and organizations better. Whether you are a learning leader, an instructional designer, or a trainer, this show will give you practical lessons to drive positive change in others. Let's get started. Okay, Nicole, it's time for part two. Um, thanks for sticking around. We we kind of dove into the subject of knowledge management, but now we want to know a little bit more about you. You're a business owner. You're a founder. Um, love to learn more about kind of your journey. And I'd, I'd love to start with kind of what got you to start your instructional designer. Why did why did it, why did that come up? Yeah. So um, as many people in the learning and development field will have happened to them, and I'm sorry to say this, you know, it was the result of a layoff. So we had this amazing yeah. team. We were winning like Brandon Hall Awards and Webby Awards and cool things. <laughs> and our clients were happy and we were hitting our deadlines, but our company didn't have a sales team. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> all the three people had to go. And so I, it was it was tough. I had to, you know, let my whole team basically know for the holidays that the end of the year was the deadline for everyone. And then, um, I knew my job would also be cut. And so my first client was actually my client from that, that job. They said, Hey, you know, they're, they're cutting their content and you know, our, our stuff better than anyone else. Would you come on as a consultant? And I was like, yeah, sure. Great. Um, and I just thought it would be a stepping stone to a full-time job. And somewhere in the process of being on my own, I realized, Oh, I really like this. Like, I like being able to directly work with my client and I like being, you know, to some degree technology agnostic, vendor agnostic. Like, I just tell them what I think. I like telling them real solutions without worrying about who's going to tell me no because there's other things going on. Um, and I liked the freedom, the flexibility in theory, because I'm a workaholic sometimes. Yeah. And so really, I just yeah. drove myself crazy for myself instead of somebody else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that that was the beginning. Honestly, it's just um, I don't know. That was twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Okay, yeah. It always starts with one client. It starts with one, and things temporary, and then it just kind of grows and grows. Um, so started from there. You've now said, um, you know, you have you're working. You have a staff yourself. You have a bunch of uh, freelancers that, that you work with. So as as that transition has happened, what have been kind of the biggest milestones of how has the business had to change during during that? Good question. I really resisted it. You know, um, it was only last year that I finally owned the fact that I am in fact running an agency and I'm not like a solo freelancer. I had about eight to 10 people that worked with me the year and maybe even the year before I finally claimed this title. Um, and I was finally like, okay, you know, the average freelancer doesn't say I'm outsourcing to like eight to 10 people. That's not you know, <laughs> so I had to kind of put on my big girl pants and say, all right, you got, you got to think a little more strategically. And also I was burning myself out. Like I was just doing too much, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't treating it like a business. I was essentially a overworked freelancer. I was just in all these projects yeah. and I had people helping me yeah. instead of looking at like project teams and departments. So I think step one for me in owning that agency was, well, I did a, a brand refresh. So we went from like our blues and our yellows and all that kind of DIY looking stuff that I started with into this much cleaner, more white space, more modern kind of conveying yeah. this bold new step. And that was important for me. And then uh, just like starting to think about, well, 
who are we as a brand? I mean, I, I literally did, you know, strategy documentation. I think I might have borrowed some stuff from, um, the chief operating officer at another organization that I co-founded. Yeah. I was like, well, he ran some really big name stuff. I'm going to try this out. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, that's how it started. And then by the end of the year, I'd kind of seen that it was a good start. Um, but that I was still having similar problems in that we were stretching ourselves too thin. We were taking on too many different kinds of projects. We were sort of becoming embedded in our clients' work in ways that weren't sustainable in, in some yeah. cases. So, um, we made this big brand shift again, which, you know, through the end of the year, we really put all of our heart and soul into social learning. And, um, I caught some clients that I really loved. So that was hard, but we found them, you know, new people that they're happy with. And that's been it. And so now we're living in the space of social learning. Our, our like refreshed website went up a few days ago. Um, still has a little work. Oh, to amazing. Go. I'm going to have to go check it out now. Yeah. Yeah. There's still a few pages we need to put up. Um, but you know, it's, it's very clear what we do now, which I don't think, you know, if you had gone two weeks ago, you would have thought we'll just build you anything under the sun. And that's just not the yep. case. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I I'm personally going through this with, with my businesses, it's, it's that shift of, if you want to be a, have a successful business, even if it's a service business, you have to think of it like a product. Yeah. Unless you can define it as a product, it's all, it's just inherently going to be unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And that's a hard pill to swallow as somebody who gen, like I, I made a lot of my career off of the fact that I do a really thorough needs analysis and like we make these great recommendations. So for me, it was like, Oh, but like everything needs to be custom because every client has a different problem. That's not really the case. What really, sure, you could do a needs analysis, but like there's certain questions that lead to you fall into one of our solutions or you don't, and that's okay. And then we make the referral. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's being able to narrow down on what you're doing is, is so important. Um, and so then in that, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but what are, in order to help with that transition, what did you have to do? Like, did you have to do like some internal work to like yeah. get yourself okay with all that? Yeah. Yeah. Tons of it. <laughs> um, I'll just give a shout out real quick because I am close. I feel like I'm close friends with, even though we've only met once in real life. Um, Robin Sargent of Idle Courses is, I call her a dear friend and Vanessa Alzate of anchor trading. Um, she lives close by, so we get lunch sometimes now, but you know, ha having them was really a blessing to me because they're a little bit further in, in terms of business building than I am. And so I think yeah, they help me check myself a lot when I'm, I say no sometimes before, before I should, um, or I assume someone will say no to something before it's actually there. Like I don't give them the option to say no to me. And so some of that is internal work, you know, making sure I'm like, well, why not? Yes. Why, why is it the no? Like, why do I go to the no? Why not say why not? Well, how could I make this happen? So there was definitely internal work there, but it took a community to, to make me maybe live. Yeah, I wouldn't say realize it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a huge thing of finding those people who are a little bit ahead of you on the journey and kind of getting their advice and maybe drafting off them a little bit is such a huge part of, of moving forward, it seems like. Yeah. And just having people, I don't know if you're experiencing this too, um, but our field is very warm and welcoming, but we're still very academic in some ways. And so I feel like there's almost this negative response to 
owning your own business and like wanting to make money and I don't I feel like it gets added on as a female and which you know sorry to make you comment mm. on gender issues today but it's, no, if, no, it's it can okay. feel lonely um you know and then being the boss like you I want to be very welcoming and close to my people but sometimes I don't want to get too close because you know I think back to my experience laying everyone off that sucked they were my friends like I still talk to them yeah. to this day you know yeah um and so the, that community is really important and you'll be my friend too. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I, I think all of that is, is really, really true. And I think just even outside the learning community, I feel like the creator economy is, is like super huge right now, but it's, it's very focused on like the solo creator yeah. in some ways. Um, and so it's just another level of that, of like having to find like the group that, that speaks to you in terms of like what you're trying to create or you're trying to do. Um, it's, it's just really important to find that community. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel quite lucky that, you know, I, these relationships materialize out of social media, which everyone said social yeah. media is so awful, but like that's, it's been a blessing to me. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. So other than, other than, you know, kind of finding that community, when you think back on, on your journey of, whether it's growing the business or, or changing yourself for others who are on that journey, whether it's building a business or just growing their career, um, any, any particular pieces of advice you might have for them? Yeah, I, there, there is two things, right? So mindset is a very big piece. And I feel like every coach you go to be like, mindset, mindset. it's true though. Like to some degree, yeah. there are other things and not just mindset, but you know, you, you do have to look introspectively and, and say, am I stopping myself from achieving more by assuming there's no possible way to the next level? We're thinking small or not allowing myself the time to like brainstorm and like truly own my business, right? Am I just throwing myself into all the work and never taking the time to do strategy? Like I would tell any of my clients to do. Um, I, th I think that's a big piece of it. And then there is like yeah. the business acumen side. You know, I actually had to learn like, there's so much I learned day to day. Um, I just filed for an employee in Pennsylvania and God, that's been like a small nightmare, but you have to learn how to do it and how to handle it. Right. And so, um, you know, learning a little bit about finance, learning a little bit about HR, you shouldn't, you're not going to be the person who does it all. You'll need to hire out for those specialties as, especially as you grow, but like building that business acumen is an important piece of the journey too. Yeah. It's a, and have you ever read um, The E-Myth or The E-Myth Revisited? No. You just gave me so many good book recommendations. <laughs> Let's cross It's, it's another book. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I know. I love we have such similar backgrounds. Um, it's similar to Traction, but one of the examples that they bring up in there is um, like a lot of times somebody who's like a really great baker, like they're really they're, they're just really good at baking things and they love baking. Um, they think the right path is to go start a bakery and then they can do it all the time. And they make the somewhat nuanced point that just because you want to be a baker, that's not enough reason to make a bake, to start a bakery. You have to want to run a bakery, which very often means you're going to be spending much less time than you think actually baking. Um, and I think it's an important thing, especially in a time where for good reason and to good result, uh, the like we mentioned the creator economy and just like so many people are, are going out on their own and that is fantastic and i super encourage it but there's a lot of other things that come along with that as well um that you're not 
going to just be doing the thing you love doing. There's all this other stuff you're going to have to do as well that you need to be prepared for. Yeah. Honestly, I, I do a lot of like needs analysis and strategy still. And I need to eventually walk away from that even because running the business is a full-time job. Um, but I don't actually get my hands messy in actual instructional design much these days in terms of like, you know, building the things and like scripting out everything. And it makes me a little sad. Um, but that, that's just part of the job, right? Like I have to let it go because I don't have the bandwidth to make something as exceptionally well as I want to. And somebody else can do a really great job and be very happy to have the work. Yeah. 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 And that's true, whether you're running your own business or whether you're like a people manager inside any organization is really making that shift to your job is to empower others to do their best work. That's what's going to make the team do their best work. Uh, it's no longer your job to do the best, like individual contributor work. Mm -hmm. At least that's generally how I think of it. Yeah, it's totally true. So hold a little memorial, but you know, once you're a business owner, you, there's things you like to do that you're going to have to let go of. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, well, thank you for that description. I, I will say you were definitely on my list of people who I feel like are, are farther down the path um, than me. I do still get my hands dirty quite a bit with, uh, with, with making the courses um, and making the content, um, but it's something that I know I'll have to give up. So thanks so much for, for being that um, kind of example to, to me and then for, for being here today to be an example for, for everybody else. I'm sure they got, um, got something out of it. Well, I really liked being here. Uh, you're a fantastic host, Matt. And I feel like the opposite. You know, I'm always like, oh, Matt's out there saying great things on LinkedIn. This is really smart. What a great ah. recommendation. So, you know, uh, <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you so much. Um, awesome. Thanks again for being here. Um, and I'm sure we will, we will keep in touch. Yes, definitely.